About 10 years ago, when I was a student at All Nations Christian College, I remember each Wednesday us having a session uh, that was called Contemporary Issues in Mission. And in those sessions, we had guest speakers coming in, tackling some of the big issues uh, around our world. Uh, poverty, thinking about human trafficking, uh, street children. And with every issue and every speaker that came in, uh, myself and my friends, uh, we used to have our heartstrings pulled and feeling, oh my goodness, this is an issue I need to be passionate about, need to engage with, need to pray into. But week after week and through the term, those issues as we were highlighted to the brokenness of the world, to the injustices in the world, made us realise that we couldn't throw our lot into all, but instead needed to do something about one of those rather than something uh, for every one of those massive issues. And I remember praying and praying to God, saying, God, stir my heart for one of these areas. Uh, give me a desire to learn, to grow, to pray, to do something, to contribute in some way. I'm not saying that I have a specific area that I now do in, in challenge against an injustice uh, in our world today. But as we come to think about the issue of justice, as we do this seven week series, looking at this massive topic, what is critical is that we pray, that we think, that we reflect and ask God to stir in our hearts an issue that particularly um, we can know more about, learn more about, become more involved in, to do something that does make a difference. And there's so much good stuff out there that we can get involved in, isn't there? We know that in Canterbury and Faversham, from food banks to charities like Street Pastors or international student work. Uh, there's lots of local mission projects that think about those that are lonely or hurting or, or who are suffering at the hands of others and how we can be a listening ear or do something that makes a difference for the homeless, the vulnerable. But as well as that, there's global international things, aren't there? There's great organisations like Tear Fund or the International Justice Mission. We can check out their websites and find out stuff. But sometimes, if you're like me, you, you might just be aware of all the problems and the injustices and your heart might feel challenged by those things. But you still are a little bit stuck with so what? What difference does it make in the everyday? How can we do justice in our everyday lives and as we think about that today as we open up this issue of justice what the bible says and how we can begin to be people of justice in our everyday what i i, I hope we'll discover is that the start is walking humbly with god and growing in a love for mercy and that's what we find in micah 6 that we've heard read we're going to think a bit more about that verse in a moment but i want us to just take stock of 2020 and realise maybe how some of these issues have been all around us in the news. Think of racism and how that came uh, to the fore last summer, rightly so, and how since then there's been so much discussion and debate in how we challenge those that are racist within our society, but more than that, the systems that are wrong and feed into that. Or the issue of food poverty for children that has been highlighted and how meals and lunch provisions do make a difference. How many of the weakest and most vulnerable in our society have been impacted the most by COVID. 
where is the justice for them? How can finance needs be met? Loneliness, mental health. There are so many concerns in our world and this last year they've been highlighted even more than usual. And so as we look at this subject, as we think about it, what we know as Christians is that the Bible talks about transformation of the whole life, the mind, the body, the soul, how we in Christ join him in a wonderful relationship. But not everything gets sorted out. Life is still full of suffering and hardship and the injustices are all too apparent. And he says, come and join me on my mission. Be a part of my my." Uh, plans to bring about justice and righteousness in the world and the big question is well how, how can we do that how can we grow in that as a church and as individuals in these coming weeks my prayer is that we would um, and so today as we think about what justice is and how we can begin to do it in our everyday lives I'll start with um, something that I was thinking about in the summer I was going on a prayer walk um, uh, for about three hours, I decided to head from my home all the way across to the Rose and Crown pub in Selling, uh, about two to three hours walk. And it was a beautiful day. It was great. I listened to a sermon along the way and I got to the pub and I was excited to just have a pint and then head home, um, walk back through beautiful countryside. But annoyingly, I'd forgotten my face mask and I wasn't allowed in. I felt, ah, it's not fair. I came here with the goal of coming and having a, a drink and then heading back. And now I can't. And actually, it was completely fair. The law said that you can't enter a pub without a mask on, even though you could sit at a table without a mask on and, and drink your beverage. I couldn't do it. Well, thankfully, Nadia came and rescued me. She brought a mask and we ended up having a nice uh, drink together before I also got a ride home. Uh, but why am I telling you this story? Um, it's not really about an injustice, is it? It's a trivial matter. Uh, and yet I felt something of, oh, it's not fair. There's frustration here. But along the walk, along the way, I was listening to a podcast all about the poor and justice issues and it was a Tim Keller sermon from some 20 years ago or so and it was the passage on blessed be the poor and during that message I felt so convicted so aware of the central theme of the poor throughout the Bible and of the issue of justice and how this isn't an area we can just overlook as a church or as Christians this is an area we must know about and this is uh, the, the three points stuck in my mind that, that Tim Keller made. And the first was uh, the importance of knowing the poor, uh, understanding, getting more aware of the situation socially and economically in our towns, villages, cities. But as well as knowing the poor and what real poverty is, more than just lack of food or, or finances, much more than that, brokenness in relationships and vulnerabilities and oppression and much that goes with it, but also the importance of becoming the poor, being aware that spiritually we're all poor and it is the poor who inherit the earth, as Jesus said in the Beatitudes, what it means to recognise ourselves with humility before God spiritually so that we can then begin to know the poor, understand the poor, get alongside the poor as equals. And thirdly, how we need to love the poor. And as we recognise our own poverty and weakness, we are transformed and we are, by God's grace, um, made rich in the truths of the gospel, but then also compelled to live a life um, viewing one another as equals, 
viewing one another and stepping in to care for those in need with compassion and concern. And as I was convicted by this message and was struck by this sermon, as I thought about what was fair and not fair, and as I look at, looked out at life and record issues of racism um, in society and systems and structures, the issue of food poverty, the issues of COVID impacting many within our society at the moment, um, it, it, it brought me to realise the way that I've often overlooked this in my life and maybe in the church's teachings even, and how we need to put time and thought into this and grow together in this. So the question is, what is biblical justice? What is righteousness? These phrases pop up regularly um, throughout the Bible. And you might remember in our Isaiah series, Isaiah uh, 9 verse 7 um, talks about Jesus, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end in chapter 9 verse 7. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Justice and righteousness. And then we get to chapter 32 of Isaiah, verse 1. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. And that theme carries through the prophets. It comes up in the, the law books of the Old Testament. We, we come about across it in the Psalms, songs written about the God of justice and righteousness coming in, his actions of righteousness and justice. Jesus talks about this and embodies it in a way that fulfills much of the failings of the people of Israel. So this is a dominant theme, but what does it really mean? And on a basic level, justice uh, is about um, giving someone rights, their rights that are due to them. And this language is fully biblical. And we, we hear about it as the poor, the widow, the orphan, the immigrant or the um, resident alien, stranger, foreigner, sojourner um, in the land. James is going to speak more about those categories next week. And so I'm not going to say much more about that now. I'm going to focus a bit more on the word justice and how we can practice that in our daily lives. Um, and as we learn from Micah 6. But first, that, that word justice actually comes up in the Old Testament 400 times. The word righteousness some 200 times. And together, uh, over 100 times they're connected as, as a key concept that is embodied or should be embodied by the people of Israel. Uh, coming out of the character of God himself. And it's about that whole human feeling of it's not fair, much more than that trivial feeling of, oh, it's not fair. I've walked this far and I can't get my drink. But instead, it's not fair that not everyone gets the freedom of religion. It's not fair that not everyone gets a right to education. It's not fair that everyone doesn't get clean water or um, that some people are stopped and searched and some people are treated differently because of their skin colour. It's not fair. We demand justice. It's a part of the way we've been made in our humanity. We long for it. And this fairness, this justice is also understood to be about uprightness and straightness rather than crookedness. And the Bible Project does a great podcast all about this that I'll um, put in the weekly email uh, resources for next week. Check it out. And it unpacks this concept of Justice being about being the straight way and how in our sinful nature and brokenness we have become crooked and so is the world. And as a result, 
we need justice and demand it, but so often um, that's because of the crooked, broken nature of relationships. And so actually our culture uses that concept of justice slightly differently, maybe less uh, about what I've just explained and more about uh, just a moral rightness and equality uh, based on an ethic or religion. But as a result, uh, quite often it becomes trapped in the courtroom and justice is about uh, what we do to uh, criminals, bring them to justice and, and we make sure they serve a sentence or someone is 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 proven innocent uh, and we keep justice in those terms but justice in these terms also then becomes connected to our morality and our freedoms and so our political parties um, and positions and cultures and countries raising issues of justice and not agreeing and this is because we, we find different approaches to justice about the living wage or about right to life or about gender or marriage and justice becomes a, a, a moral issue, um, not something that's just about legal rules and, and the like. So let's, let's look a bit more at Roman, uh, not Romans, uh, Micah 6, 8 to understand how we can get a biblical view of this. And Micah 6 is, is, is about a courtroom scene really, and it does bring God as the judge and Israel as the guilty uh, one in the in the dock that's being judged for their sinfulness. But what we find in verse eight is, is this, it says, he has shown you, O mortal, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Micah says, what does the Lord require? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. And so justice is, is placed in the courtroom, but also uh, is to do with our attitude, uh, how we love mercy and walk with humility. So this is a behavioural lifestyle. This is a deep belief that's put into an attitude, a value, not just something that's in this clinical sterile courtroom scenario. And actually we find a couple of aspects of this word justice through the biblical kind of story coming out. One is more the retributive justice where, where um, the court helps to bring about uh, rectify what was wrong. So if someone steals five pounds, uh, they're punished for that. They're given a sentence or need to repay the person they stole that five pounds from. Or if someone's charged with that, they're proven innocent if actually they didn't do it. And the false, false one that falsely accused them is convicted. So that's something we're, we're maybe quite familiar with. But the other type of justice, which is actually more dominant, biblically speaking, is restorative justice. This justice about lawmaking, rights, policies, creating codes and uh, a community, a society where um, justice is embodied, lived out. Everyone is benefited and especially those that are disadvantaged. So some rules and policies and codes are generated for those that are more vulnerable. Uh, like the widow or the orphan or the resident alien in the in the biblical context, um, whatever they may be for us in our context. So this biblical word of justice is is most frequently used in that category rather than the courtroom retributive justice category. And it's therefore primarily about relationships and human rights because of who we are in God's image. Um, I'll give a couple of examples to help pan that out. 
The first one is with the Levites, this tribe that, unlike the other tribes in Israel's history, didn't receive a physical plot of land to live in and inherit and pass on through the years. Instead, they were to, to serve in the temple and to act um, uh, in a way to help the worship and the sacrificial system. But as a result of that, they still had rights. They needed to eat and be cared for. And, and the way that would happen would be through the tithes, the 10% offering from the other tribes so that the Levites could live and not be um, at a disadvantage to the rest. They had a right. And then in, in books like Proverbs 31.9, we read, defend the rights of the poor and needy, giving people what is due, punishment, protection, and care is what this is about. What is due? What is their right? And then in, in the Psalms, we see God's character demonstrating this, not just it working out in the codes of the laws for the people at the time, but we we find this character-driven nature of God being one of justice and righteousness. Psalm 146, 7 says, he upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. God is actively involved in those that are poor and vulnerable and disadvantaged. His heart is for justice because he is the God of justice. He is just and holy and right in character. That's how the Bible displays and reveals God. And we see that through the course of the history of Israel, from the Exodus and the way that the people who had been given promises by God from Abraham to Isaac and Jacob, the 12 sons, um, went to Egypt for respite, received that, but then became oppressed, enslaved. And God, through Moses, redeemed his people, saved them from a life of slavery and gave them a, a land and an inheritance and a, a community. So the people of God went from oppression to liberation. And so this theme of liberation, of justice, of, of lifting up those that have been squashed down and trampled on is, is a part of the identity of God's people. And on one level, that's our identity, even if we're not Jews, because we were enslaved to sin. And if we trust in Jesus for salvation, we've been liberated and freed from that. And so this word justice is about uh, giving people their rights. And that's partly because of our identity as image bearers made um, to know God, but partly because we've been redeemed and God longs to redeem those um, in society that have been disadvantaged uh, through no fault of their own, just through the systems of sinful humanity that often are the case. But there's another aspect to this word justice that gets translated with a slightly different edge and it's more of a righteousness edge. And that is about the importance of justice as a right relationship with someone. So not only are those that are disadvantaged lifted up to the level that they should be at financially or food or care or status, but there's a equality about the relationship. There's a right standing in the relationship with the individual and on one level that's what we experience when we are made right justified in our relationship with God we 
we are a, a kind of cleared of our debt, of our sin, and there's a righteousness that's imparted to us. And so this being in right relationship is a theme that the Jew, the faithful Jew, should should ensure happens. And as we read Micah 6, we discover that actually the people have failed in this. They've exploited people. They've abused power, those in influence and leadership roles. And instead, there is sin and unfaithfulness and therefore judgment against God's people. Even though they'd been saved from being a people that were redeemed from slavery, from, from their oppressors, they've now become oppressors. The whole thing has been mixed up. And so as we think about uh, God's people uh, failing in the areas of justice and righteousness, we, we've come to Jesus in the Gospels and discover he is one who, who uh, completes and fulfills those failings by being uh, able to fulfill the, the requirements of the law and embody justice and proclaim good news to the poor and heal the lame and the sick and show compassion for the widow and the fatherless to speak to the Jew and the Gentile, those on the edge, the Samaritans, as well as the Jews. And, and this is the, the gospel that transforms, that Jesus brought and the apostles explained. And I'll read a quote from uh, Thaddeus Williams, who has written a book on confronting justice without compromise. And he said, in Christ, ethnic enemies become family. Oppressed and oppressors become brothers and sisters, and privileged and underprivileged become equally loved siblings under the same all-loving Father. Founders, this is this is a, a central theme of the gospel, isn't it? So, if that's the story of the Bible, then what about these challenging verses in, in verse 8 of Micah 6? That we should, what does the Lord require of us? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. How can we do this in our everyday lives? And I think that the reality is that we can't um, do this without faith in God, without his power in us. And that's why we almost need to uh, understand this in the reverse order and start with what it means to be walking humbly with God, walking in faith, recognising our poverty before him recognising that we need his grace to transform our hearts so that we can begin to love uh, mercy and therefore do justice, act with justice. You see, what can save us? And as we, we read in, in Micah 6, whatever we bring isn't going to be enough. Um, burnt offerings, calves a year old, thousands of rams, tens of thousands of rivers of oil. It's It's kind of extreme language that um, we find here. Actually, even the ultimate sacrifice isn't enough. Offering my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body. No, what Micah steps in and says in challenge to that is, what does the Lord require? Act justly. Act in a way that God does for the poor, the vulnerable. Love mercy. That's about attitude. Walk humbly. That's about our right relationship with God, which leads to right relationships with others. So act justly, opposing abhorrent injustices, establishing God's order of life in a just society, full of equality, living out these biblical restorative justice principles, um, supporting someone who's been racially abused, 
and promoting a discussion about it. As a staff team and over the summer, we decided to read a book called We Need to Talk About Race by Ben Lindsay so that we could not just uh, feel that the, the, the challenge of um, the death of George Floyd and the discussions that came with that and the anti-racist um, campaigns, but, but actually to think biblically about this, to talk about it. What, what's the impact in our church? How can we do what we can to recognise all, not just some? And those discussions have begun during the autumn and they've paused a bit over recent months and we need to pick them up again. But acting in justice means taking issues seriously. More than talk, action as well. What change is happening? Love mercy is the opposite to greed and exploitation. It means ensuring that we view all equally with love because God does and he has saved all. Uh, male and female, young and old, slave and free, um, black or white, whatever colour. God's love is for all. And so our attitude to the less fortunate, those that have less money, those that are unemployed, those that are elderly, those that are lonely, those that have mental health concerns, whoever, those that are victims of human trafficking, those that are um, poor in third world countries that we seem distant to, or those that are imprisoned because of their proclamation of their faith in Jesus. How are we engaging and loving mercy, loving those that are hurting? And it's only possible by beginning to get right our deep heart issues, walking humbly, dealing with our pride and seeking to come to God in prayer. And so I started by saying every week at my All Nations lectures, I was challenged and confronted by this. How on earth can I move forward and begin to grow in the area of acting in justice, of loving mercy, of walking humbly with God? Well, it starts on our knees, doesn't it? It starts with our internal attitudes being addressed. And as they are addressed, that flows into our actions changing. Uh, Tim Keller says in his book, Generous Justice, which is an amazingly well-written book on this theme that I'd highly recommend. He says, a life poured out in doing justice for the poor is the inevitable sign of any real, true gospel faith. Wow. If we have a true gospel faith, then we have a life of doing justice. Get on with it. Do it. But it starts, as he says earlier in his book, with this. A lack of justice is a sign that the worshippers' hearts are not right with God at all. You see, the starting point is worship, is humility before God, is laying ourselves in surrender and saying, change me, convict me, help me, Lord God, to care to love and that starts with receiving God's love so that we can love others and so as we start this series my challenge to you is simple start with your relationship with God fix your eyes on Jesus ask him to reveal the sin in your heart to give you a heart to care more for others to be more compassionate to engage in issues of injustice in our world so that we can begin to love mercy and act justly. One thing I've learned in 2020 is the priority of social justice. It is not an option for the Christian. It's the heart of God. If we are called to be godly, 
then we must engage in social justice right now. Let me pray that that journey would begin if it hasn't and continue and grow if it has. Father God, my prayer is that we would be a church that cares about justice and righteousness. That in our everyday lives, we would begin to learn how to do that in our neighbourhoods, in our families, in our communities, in our church, in our society and nation and globally engage with this critical topic that is core to what it means to be a Christian. To have understood the gospel means to live out the gospel like this. Empower us by your spirit. Enable us. Help us, we pray. That we might see justice and righteousness reign in our time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.